Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by the fine folks at NetHealth. They have a new online rehab therapy community designed for the intersection of clinical and business sides of rehab, and it's called the Rehab Therapy Operational Best Practices Forum. You'll see stats and the community members already involved, plus new polls, white papers, write-ups from leading-edge performers, surveys, benchmarking calculators, videos, podcasts, and more. I personally believe that a better connected rehab therapy profession has the power to help more people. So jump in, subscribe, and join the conversations today. You can find the Rehab Therapy Operational Best Practices Forum at www.nethealth.com healthy. So get over there and sign up. And in today's episode, we are talking about the intersection of business and rehab with my guest who has been on before, physical therapist, entrepreneur, Jamie Schreier. So in 2004, Jamie was facing the soul-crushing struggles of private practice ownership, He couldn't figure out how to grow his business without sacrificing family, income, or time. Aimed with an insatiable curiosity, he invested the next nine years and over $300,000 to learn how to free himself from his practice. At the end of his journey, Jamie finally discovered the formula to creating a self-managed, profitable, and stable practice that allowed more time with his family and more time to work on his business, not in it. Jamie is sharing his practice freedom methodology to practice owners all across the country who are looking for financial prosperity and a better quality of life. His book, The Freedom Practice Method, The Practice Freedom Method, sorry, The Practice Owner's Guide to Work Less, Earn More, and Live Your Passion has been an Amazon number one bestseller. So I thank Jamie for coming on. We talk about a whole host of things to get your business ready for 2019. That includes how to establish a clear vision and find the why behind your goals, why comparisons to others will keep you small, the importance of sharing the narrative behind your practice with your team members, and planning and budgeting for the bottom line that aligns with your goals. So we go through a couple of different uh, exercises during the podcast. So I know that if you are looking to build your business or start a business, this is going to be a great way for you to kick off 2019. So a big thanks to Jamie and everyone. Enjoy. Hey, Jamie, welcome back to the podcast. Happy to have you on again. Thanks, Karen. Great to be here. Great. Now, today we're going to be talking about planning for your physical therapy practice for 2019. And you are just coming off a large workshop with uh, your mentees and the people who attend Practice Freedom U, which is your company to help physical therapists grow their their physical therapy practice. So I thought, what a great time to talk about planning for everybody else who might be listening to this podcast and are hoping to plan for 2019 and grow their practices and be happy and have happy patients and all that fun stuff. So let's go. Let's talk about what you, give us a little snippet as to what you guys uh, spoke about during your workshop. Yeah, so... Yeah, great. So, yeah, we, we had um, 
uh, business owners from all over the country. They come in um, every, every three months. This was our biggest one yet. And it's practice owners, uh, usually between like one clinic and five clinics. And um, we, we discussed, at least in this last one in December, we discussed how to really prepare for 2019. And, and we hear so much about it. Every year, it's always the same. You got to pair. You got you to gotta do your budgets. You got to do your planning and all of that. Um, but it is so important to do that. So we spent um, uh, two days uh, diving into um, looking at how to um, understand what your vision is, first of all. And I know we're going to uh, talk a little bit about that today. But what your, what your vision is as, as an owner, what do you want for your company? Um, you know, whether it could be clinics or revenue or patients, uh, services that you provide, staff that you want to bring on. And, um, and then once you establish that, that end in mind type of thing, then we dove into, so how are we going to do it? Because Karen, one of the things, and I know you know this so well, um, one of the things that we as business owners and really just people alone, especially in today's day and age with the technology, it's hard to stay focused to actually execute your plan. Well, it's even harder when you don't really have a plan and you just kind of live in day to day responding to whatever fire there is. So we focused a lot on how to plan for 2019, get really clear in what you wanted and then reverse engineer that into, so then what has to happen now to move, uh, to get going, to, to, to start putting that plan in place. So that, that's what we did, and it was a lot of fun, and, and I'd love to share some, some more stuff around it to your audience. Yeah, let's do that. Let's first talk about how to get clear on what you're looking for, what you want for your practice. So can you share an example of maybe an exercise or something like that that you used with your group to help people get clear on where they want to be? Yeah, so uh, Stephen Co Covey wrote a great book called Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. And one of the habits, I believe it was habit number two, uh, was um, begin with the end in mind. And it's one of my favorite sayings um, that I use because in order to plan what you're going to do this year, you got to have a vision. You got to have a goal or some type of end or outcome to that. So the first exercise that you want to do is answer the question, so what do you want this time at this time next year? What does it look like? And the more specific, the better. The more specific, the better, but you can start with general. Do you want to have another location? Do you want to hire another physical therapist? Is there a certain dollar figure you want to make? And that's a tough one for a lot of us, especially, you know, we're all in this healthcare world and, and we're all susceptible to this idea of, of maybe we don't deserve the money or maybe money is not good and we could go into that uh, belief system that we have, but putting some objective measures in there. How much revenue do you want to make? When you start to think like that, 
you start to outline something that's important to you. So that would be step one. Step two, one of the things we did is start looking at something more deeper, something more meaningful. Simon Sinek uh, wrote a book, has a lot of TED Talks. Uh, Simon Sinek wrote a book, Start With Why. And really the, the, the essence of what he talks about is making things meaningful to you, doing it with a purpose. And when you create that, that vision or what it looks like a year from now, you then attach it to why is that important to you? And that's sometimes, Karen, that's, that's sometimes not easy. It's not, I mean, you could say, I want to make 150,000 next year, 200,000 or 300,000 or whatever the number is. You could say, I want to have three locations, but then you ask, well, why? What, what is it about that that is important to you? And when you do that, you start going deeper into the levels of who you are and what you're about. So that's the beginning of creating this, this picture that you have. And the more descriptive it is, the better. So that's how we started it out. Yeah, and I like that um, delving deeper into the why. I just did a recorded a podcast a couple of days ago uh, with a woman, Jeanette Bronet, and we did this in the podcast. So it's so interesting that you're saying the same thing. So all the listeners will definitely get a lot of deeping, di diving a little bit deeper into why you want to be where you're at at this point next year. So for instance, if I said, well, I want to make $300,000 next year. And you would say to me, well, why? And so I just thought about that. I just did this yesterday. And so I said, I came up with an amount of money and I said, why do I want that? And I said, well, because if I make this amount of money, then it will help me put more into savings to maybe buy an apartment. And then someone said, well, why do you want to buy an apartment? I said, well, I want to buy an apartment because I want a space that's my own. And I want to create a space that is relaxing for me when I come home at the end of the day. Well, why do you need that space? And I just kept going deeper and deeper. And then I finally got to the, the very deepest part of why I wanted to make the monetary amount I said next year. And it's because it will help me live a life of greater ease. And I'll be happier. And I'll be able to spend more time with my friends. And I'll be able to you know, have a, a less of a stress level. So it's not just, I want to make 300,000, 400,000, whatever it is. But when you keep delving deeper and deeper into the why, then you realize, well, if I want to live for me, this life of ease and, and security, then this is what I need. And so if, and I, I can probably go even deeper than that, but I did this yesterday and just kept writing out more and more and more. And then when you realize that that's the reason you're doing it. It's not just to say I'm successful as a PT or I can yeah. make a couple hundred thousand dollars. Like who cares? You know, yeah. that's like the superficial tip of the iceberg. It's everything underneath the water. That is your why. And it's, <clears throat> I love what you're saying. And it's your, right. Why. Right. It's your why. It's, it's so much, so we're so susceptible to this idea of how many locations do you have? I have four, I have five, mm -hmm. I am better than you. I mean, th that's our natural way of thinking. I have five PTs. Well, I have 10. Right, I, right. Make I make three. 
I must be better because that's the competitive world we have grown up in and that's out there. But it doesn't have to be like that. And really diving into what makes you tick and measuring your progress, measuring your success compared to what? Compared to where you are now and where you're going. When you do that, you stay in line with who you are. And it's so difficult that we start to reach up and start looking at what everyone else is doing and we start comparing ourselves to them, which is very dangerous. Mm -hmm. Things you're ever going to feel. Superior because you're better or inferior because you're worse. Both of them aren't good. Right. And quote unquote better and worse because who, who is saying what's better and worse? The only person doing it is you. Hopefully it's you that's saying yeah. better than worse. Yeah. Because then you start to feel much more comfortable with you and you feel so good about yourself of where you're going and stay away from how other people are doing. And you can start appreciating what they're doing. You can appreciate their talents. You can appreciate their success. But when you compare it, it's a real dangerous road. And we yeah. all know people that do that a lot. Yeah. And, and again, it's not easy because what we're talking about right now is going against the grain of what's typically out there. This isn't stuff that you and your friends are going to talk about. So I love the fact that you went multiple layers mm-hmm. deep because now we also know something about you. You do want your own apartment. You do want to hang more with your friends. You do want to be, uh, have a little financial ease in your life. Now, of course, we can go deeper into why that's important to you. Mm-hmm. Why is the financial ease important? And we can go into your growing up. I mean, you can go as deep as you want. And I'm not saying to, to your listeners that you have to get to that level, but at least think about it. And I love what you said, write it down. Mm-hmm. When you put a pen to paper, pencil to paper, it's powerful. So writing down what this picture is a year from now will start to establish this, this, this idea that not only is going to resonate with you, but here's the real magic of it. When you have a business with other people in it, you can start to share this. You can start to share this vision with your team. And this is a whole nother exercise that we do um, of creating your narrative creating your story. See, every one of us has a story. We have a story of why we got into physical therapy. We got it or whatever your profession is. We have a story of why we opened up our own practice. And we have a vision of where we want it to go. One of the most powerful things you can do is start to create this story and this narrative that has the essence of you that you then can share that with whoever you want, but especially your team. Because your team wants to be a part of something real. They want to be a part of something that is purpose-filled, that connects with their why. And if you don't share your story, you're cheating them on that, and you're not differentiating you from anybody else. So... Yes, people want to be paid fairly, but believe me, they want something more because you're not going to be able to compete with some of the bigger companies out there and how much they can pay. You're not going to compete by some of the benefits they can offer because we don't have the bank accounts, but what you can compete better than they can 
is some purpose-filled mission that you are on based on how you grew up, based on why you got into physical therapy, based on why you opened up your practice. And when you connect with your team, it's amazing how you start to build a team that's all aligned, moving in the same direction. And there's already evidence that shows there's more productivity, there's more efficiency, there's more energy. All of those are positives. So taking this idea of your why one step further, and this was the exercise we did in our group, is we helped uh, people create their narrative. And it was, Karen, it was amazing how people said, well, I don't have a story. Nobody really cares. And then all of a sudden, 20 minutes later, they're sharing with the whole group their story of why they got into PT, why they opened up their practice. And it was amazing how much you learned about someone in five minutes of them sharing that story. And just knowing that their team is just going to love it. And they have gotten so much feedback on that. So that's something that uh, people can do. That's a, that's a great exercise to do. Yeah, awesome way to plan. It's like your Jerry Maguire manifesto. The Jerry Maguire manifesto. That's, uh, that's exactly what it is. But you can't get fired. Right, right, exactly. Exactly, exactly. And uh, um, I also wanted to touch back on that uh, idea of competition and just share a quick story with you because this came up as you were talking about, you know, if you're a PT and you're looking at this person and what they're doing and this person, what they're doing, and then you get all in your head and you can't do anything. And it reminded me of a couple of, uh, maybe like two months ago or a month ago, I took a yoga class and it was through a friend of mine, Dr. Jordan Metzel, and he does these classes in New York. And this one was for uh, a cause for Achilles, which is an organization that provides runners to people who are uh, visually impaired to run races all over the country, marathons, things like that. So in order to do the yoga class, we were completely blindfolded from before we went into the studio and throughout the entire class. And afterwards, I said, you know, I feel like that's the best yoga class I've ever done because <laughs> I was listening to my body. I was feeling my body. I was listening to what the instructor was saying. And I wasn't looking around at what everyone else is doing and look how much more flexible they are than me and look at their downward dog and they can get their heels down and I can't get my heels down. But it just felt so good to be able to do it blindfolded and also knowing everyone else is blindfolded. So no one was really comparing themselves to anyone else. And I left thinking, God, that was like really powerful. And it just kind of shows the, uh, how our minds can make us a little crazy by comparing ourselves to everyone else. Yeah, no, I, I love that story. Uh, you know, it's, it's this idea of, of judging. We, we judge one another so much. Yeah. I mean, obviously it starts at a young age and the whole high school stuff and all that. And, you know, let's, let's face it. We all got into school because we were better than other people. Right. I mean, that's, that's how we got into school. However, when you get out of school and it's all about relationships and connections and networking and, and, and showing, you know, vulnerability with people, and humility with people. It's almost the opposite of everything else that you were doing to get into school, but now in your business, it's not that. It's you know just being a better version of you, being your authentic self, and connecting with other people. 
So that's so cool that you blindfold and you took judgment out of it yeah. and you connected with you. And then you shared your stories with each other, which was cool because everyone was just interested in their stories because no one already had our preconceived idea of what it was because you couldn't see them. Exactly. You yeah. couldn't make judgments about them. So very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, and that just reminded me of everything that you were talking about in, in our our competition and judgment and things like that. But I think judgment's a better word than competition. Um, or maybe both, but I like not prejudging and judging each other in the moment. That's great. Now, mm -hmm. let's see. So you talked about getting clear, getting clear on who you are, what you do, why you do it, sharing it with your team to inspire them and to get them on board with your vision. So how does all of this now relate to the bottom line? So yeah. The bottom line is, in order to stay in business, we need to have patience. We need people coming into our doors, right? We need programs that people can do. So how does, where does this getting clear, how does that take us to the next step? Yeah, so, yeah, that's a great question. So I'm going to answer it a couple different ways. Mm -hmm. So when, when, you're, when you're starting with the end of mind, you're building that vision of what you want. You, you also want to break it down to... Um, I like to always start with, uh, more than anything else, how much revenue do I want to generate? How much money do I want to make? Because if you want to make, let's say, 300000 and you know your profit margin is 15%, it's very easy then just to multiply that and knowing that you're going to have to make, you know, whatever that number is, you know, two, $2 million, let's say, right? That would be, uh, you know, that would be 15%. So, um, so now you're focusing on $2 million. Now, if you're all of a sudden going, $2 million? Oh my God, there's no way we can do 2 million. Well, then either you're going to have to be real efficient with your profit margin, maybe you have to bump it up, or you're going to have to change your revenue goal. See, it, it helps you get clear on what you want. I call it alignment. So that's, that's the biggest thing it does. A what? Align what? Alignment. Oh, you know, alignment. I physical thought... therapy, <laughs> aligning the spine. At first I thought you spine. said like... When your spine isn't aligned, you have problems, right? Your 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 L four L five go out. You, you've heard of the, the spine, right? Alignment. I, you know, it's so funny when you said that. What, I was like, what do you think I, I like, said? What's alignment? Alignment. I thought it was like uh like three separate words. It's alignment. It's it's yeah, a mint. I was it's like, what is that? <laughs> okay, alignment. All right, it's alignment. Yes. It's the spine, and, and when your spine's aligned, <laughs> it moves. It's flexible. There's no pain. But when it's not aligned, especially for long periods of time, big problems happen. So you're creating alignment and then you break it down. So let's say uh, we'll, do, we'll do something else. We'll, we'll do 20% at a million, right? So I want to make 200,000, 20% profit. That means I have to do a million dollars in revenue. So then the next question is, okay, so how many new patients is it going to take to do, um, uh, or no, how many uh, patient visits? is a million dollars. So let's say, easy math, it's $100 per visit. So that would be what, uh, uh, 1,000 patients? No, 10,000 patients? 10,000 patients. So 10,000 patients. So then we break that down into, you know, by 12. Let's say it's 12,000 patients, easy math. So it's 1,000 patients a month. Well then, how many visits on average do you see per new patient? And again, let's keep it easy. If it's 10 visits, you then divide that 1,000 by 10. 
So now you have a very clear goal of 100 patients a month will give you a 1,000 visits, will, will help you then reach your financial revenue goal and your profit goal. Now, there's obviously other factors like, well, that's assuming you make $100. Well, yeah. And that's assuming that patients come in 10 times. Well, yeah. But most of us, unless you're brand, brand new, you have data to say this is what it's been on average. So now you've taken this big goal that you have or this, this vision that you have and you broke it down to all I have to do is focus on generating about 25 new patients a week. So then you have to ask yourself a couple questions. How much staff is going to take to see that? Because if your staff is, let's say you have two PTs and you're already at, let's say, 80% productivity or utilization or capacity. Impossible. Well, you're going to have to hire more staff. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. How, about we, how about we figure out how much staff do we need from the get-go? And then you can choose where during the year you're going to um, add that staff. Here's the hardest part with all of this, Karen. There's no right answer. You have to predict what's going to happen. And that is something that we as very smart, intelligent, right people, because we've been right a lot in our lives, have to get comfortable with. We're guessing. We're making an educated guess. We don't know. So doing this whole budgeting thing for one year is difficult. When you do it two, three, four, five years, it's amazing how close you're going to get. So when you do that, you take this big, huge thing and you narrow it down literally to how am I going to generate these visits or these new patients? When am I going to hire the next staff? How can I have the cash flow to afford this next person to hire? What is the expected um, uh, utilization that I want from them? All of these questions start to be asked. And now it's not a surprise anymore. It's not this, you know, oh my God, we're, we're so busy right now. I don't know how to handle it. You're, you're preparing yourself for these things to happen. And you can be proactively doing it, depending on what your goals are, how fast you want to reach them, how much staff you need. The other thing you can ask yourself is, do I have the physical space? You know, we went through this exercise and somebody said, well, I don't have the space to see it. I go, well, then you have two choices. Three choices. You either open up another location, you open up a second location, or you open up one big location. But all you're going to do is disappoint yourself if you say you want to make X number of dollars, but you physically do not have the space to see it. Do you see how there's, not a, there's an alignment problem? You have an L4 bulging, mm -hmm. and that thing will continue to bulge until it bursts. Alignment is everything in our business. And it's up to us then, once we get aligned, to then focus on what's the most important thing that we have to do that's going to move this forward and generate one of the most important things we have on our side. Darren Hardy, editor of Success Magazine, calls it momentum, big mo. You've got to get momentum. Momentum comes with habits. Habits come with focused intention. Well, we, don't you want to know what you're focusing on day in and day out? If not, you're just going to focus on whatever the 
the fire of the dais and you stay busy and you stay, you know, crazy and people say, how are you doing? Oh, I'm busy. I'm busy. Like everyone in the world says, but what are you busy doing? Are you busy moving forward towards your goals? Are you busy growing your business? Are you busy doing something that's meaningful, that's impactful to your community, impactful to the profession? Like, what is this all about? When you're able to do this beforehand, although it's uncomfortable, it's amazing how much more you're going to achieve and how good you're going to feel about doing it. And I really feel that's what we're about, right? We, we want to feel good about what we do. We want to utilize our talents, our skills, our unique abilities, and we want to make an impact. We want to feel like what we're doing is truly making an impact instead of just, you know, complaining and worrying about the MIPS and the this and the that, and it's like the next thing that's happening. It's all part of it, but it's our business. We're in control. And I feel that this is what has to happen. You and I, before we, we, we started the recording, we, we talked about trends and stuff like that, and I'd love to touch on that. But it, it, this is something that, this isn't a choice anymore. If you have a business, we have to put our business hat on. Part of the business hat is doing this planning. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I love how you were talking about, you know, how are you busy? I'm busy, I'm busy. And I often feel like, yeah, no, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. But where am I going? Am I just spinning the same wheel every day and that wheel's not going anywhere? Or am I, instead of being in the wheel, am I behind the wheel and driving it forward? And, you know, before we went on, we talked about uh, the life-changing magic of tidying by Marie Kondo. And it's all about reducing the clutter in your uh, in your home and, and all that kind of stuff. But I'd love to talk about reducing the clutter in your business so that we don't feel like we're always busy, 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 but not moving forward. So can you touch on that for a moment? And on that note, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. And when we come back, you'll get Jamie's answer. Are you interested in a free opportunity to check in with the latest thoughts of other rehab leaders? Well, I've got one for you. There's a new online rehab therapy community designed for the intersection of the clinical and business sides of rehab. It's the Rehab Therapy Operational Best Practices Forum. Catchy name, right? It's all about habits and initiatives that juice up your attendance, revenue, workflows, documentation, compliance, efficiency, and engagement while allowing your provider teams to keep their eye on the prize, their patients and outcomes. I personally believe that a better connected rehab therapy profession has the power to help more people. Jump in, subscribe, and join the conversation today. You can find the Rehab Therapy Operational Best Practices Forum at www.nethealth.com slash healthy. Yeah, absolutely. So. So it, it, here's, here's how it goes. When, when, you, when you create what you want, you break it down to small chunks of different uh, key metrics, new patients and all of that. Then you look at the staff that you want and um, any kind of services or other programs you want. Like you just put all of this out there and it's supposed to make you uncomfortable. It's supposed to have your palms sweating a little bit. That's what makes it fun. And once you do that, you have to then look at your self more than anybody else because you're the most important role of the business your your purpose in that business is more important than anybody's so you have to ask yourself what role do i have to take on who do i have to become what 
skills and abilities and, 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 and daily things would I have to do to be the person that owns X business, a million dollar business, $2 million business? Because a lot of the things you're doing day to day are not aligned with what the business needs. The, one of the biggest we talk about is people that have a decent sized business, you know, they, you know, it's, it might be six, seven, 800,000 or a million or whatever, you know, a decent sized small business. And they're treating a lot of hours. And I have nothing against people treating. I mean, I think it's great. However, when you're the owner of a business, there's a lot of roles you have to play as the owner that is vital to the business growing and the security and the financial viability of the business. But if you're treating and doing documentation and doing all the stuff that a, that, a, that a physical therapist technician does, then there's nobody at the helm. So the first thing you have to do is look at yourself and saying, where am I spending my time that's moving this thing forward? And where am I spending time that causes angst and frustration and worry and just busyness? And it's stuff that I just don't want to do. That's the question you have to ask. And that's a tough question because you have to be really honest with yourself. And here's the other thing about that, Karen. You may not know the answer of how you're gonna do it. Again, that's okay, that's totally normal. Not knowing the answer isn't the problem. It's asking the right question. The answer's out there. There's nothing that you're gonna do someone else in this world hasn't done already a million times. So the answer's out there, but you gotta be clear on what you're trying to accomplish. So, you have to look at what your role is in this business that's moving this direction that's going to end up in this place. That's where you start. When you start identifying your role and you start delegating, eliminating, um, streamlining, automating, as we call it, the things uh, around you, systems, this is where systems and processes come into play or what we like to just call it, they're just predictable outcomes, predictable ways of doing something. Don't you want predictable ways of doing things? That's all a system is, just a predictable way of doing something. And when it's a system, it doesn't mean you have to do it. It could be technology that helps you. It could be you know, one of your staff people that does it. So that's, that's the number one thing that I see now, among my clients, private practice owners, but also just the tons of people that I talk to and connect to, not just in PT world, but all other professions out there. It's the ability of how you spend your time and is what you're doing day in and day out the most important thing to move your business to where you want to go. And if not, how are we going to do it? Where should you be focused your time? So if your business doesn't, uh, you have no idea how they're going to generate, let's say, for example, before 25 new patients a month. Well, we have something called a marketing maximizer, which is just really just a marketing planning tool. So I always say, great, let me see your marketing maximizer. Um, yeah, I don't really have one. I go, so you don't really have any consistent marketing plan. Don't you think that's something important to be able to achieve your goal? So what if you put a plan in place, even if it isn't good, it's going to move the needle. So getting really clear on your role and how you're going to do what you're going to do. And maybe there's other talented people that can take over some of the clinical stuff. Is it going to be easy to transition? No, not necessarily, but let's just be proactive in addressing it. So I can go on and on about some of these things that we hoard 
unlike what Marie Kando said, we hoard instead of let go. And that's one of the hardest things to do as business owners is let go and have faith and trust that other people are going to be able to do it. And that's where the system comes in place. And that's where you and what you want is really powerful. What's meaningful to you. Yeah. And it's, it, it is hard to, to delegate and to refer out parts of your business, but you know, I had a, a woman on a couple of years ago, Stephanie Nikolic, and she said, uh, if you try and do it all, it'll keep you small. And, yeah. and it's true. You can't, you can't possibly do it all and continue to grow your practice unless you are like raising your prices exponentially to the point where maybe you're raising them out of your market share. Um, but in order to grow, I think you do need a team and and it might not be a team that's on your payroll but maybe it is um, your accountant maybe it's your lawyer maybe it's your spouse or relative or mom or dad or something that is there to help take some of the um, burden off of your plate to allow you to do the things that you do best so then you can refer out the rest yes Yes. I mean, you and I could do a half day on this idea of false beliefs. All of us have a belief system and we, we, we have it from who, you know, growing up and, and our influences and our mentors. And sometimes this belief system is limits us in what's possible. An example would be nobody can do it as well as I can. Mm -hmm. If that was true, truly true, then you are literally trapped in your business and no one else in the world can do anything as good as you. That means there shouldn't be really any other good businesses out there. Because if you're truly the best, anyone else can't compete. Mm -hmm. That means fools are only producing one good person, you. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess every, everyone else is in deep shit, huh? Everyone else. I mean, look, I mean, if I came to work for you, I could never be as good. Right. So we, we have to, we have to start questioning our own limiting beliefs, our own biases. And to be like, you know what? Maybe my staff isn't as good as me because I've been doing this 20 something years and they're never going to be as good as me as far as experience. Cause I'm always going to have 20 something years. But how did I become good? Oh, that's right. I took courses. I practiced. I got feedback. I got mentors. So why don't you create your business that designs and helps the people do the same things, which then they get results. And all of a sudden, you get to remove yourself because someone else is delivering the care and getting great results. Isn't that ultimately what you want? Or are you conflicted that part of you loves when people say how great you are. They feed your ego. Well, they, yeah, of course. Right? I mean, it's, it's ego versus fear, right? That's everything. Right. But think about it. If you have to become more humble to help others, which is why all of us are in this, we truly want to help others define what helping others is. Is helping others a part of helping people that come in your business? teaching them and mentoring them and giving them a place they could become successful in mm -hmm. and you helping more people in your community. Cause like you said, you're limited. 
if you try to do it all, you're going to stay small and you're going to stay stressed. You're going to stay empty too. So why would you want to do it all? Where did that come from? And we can get into whole psychological stuff, but where does this idea of I can do it all, like I can do my own book. Like some people say, I do my own bookkeeping. I'm like, oh, it's crazy. Where do you do? Why would <laughs> you want to do your own bookkeeping? There's people that specialize in that. Yeah, not me. So, I send it out to my accountant. <laughs> no, thank exactly. you. Exactly. So one of the things that you can do is make a list of all the things on your plate that you don't like to do. Yep, that's and exactly what I did. Yeah. It's, a, it's an easy exercise. Yeah. All the things that don't give you energy, that don't give you that fire. And, and, and look at how can I, ask this empowering question, how can I remove this from my plate and get a better result than what I was doing with it? Not just the same result, a better result. And the first thing you're going to do is, I should find someone that really likes this stuff. So you remove the bookkeeping, the accounting, the, all this other stuff stuff that you're trying to hold on to because you're afraid to let it go. Like you said, it's that fear of letting go. Well, what about the fear of keeping it? Yeah. That fear is worse. Yeah. But you don't want to abdicate it. You don't just want to throw the crap on someone else and walk away. Again, that's where the systems come in and there's a way to do that. That's where really looking at your business as a business because ultimately your business is there to deliver a service that people find valuable and pay for. It's really as simple as that. Mm -hmm. So let's create that business in your mind, how you want it, which is different than any other person, whether you're a cash base, whether you're an insurance base or multiple clinics or one clinic, it's all about what you want and then creating the model that's gonna fit that. And when you do that, you're gonna wake up every day doing the things you love, you're gonna make more money, you're gonna have more time, and you're gonna have what we call practice freedom choice and isn't that a beautiful thing that's a great thing yeah and that's i i firmly believe that that's why a lot of people go into business for themselves so i think that is a great way to kind of end this conversation although i know we can go on and on and on and on and on um so maybe we'll have to maybe we'll do that like on a facebook live or something get some people getting some questions on on there as well oh, that'd but, be fun that'd be but, a lot of fun I feel like we could talk forever, but I think that was a great way to end it. And before we end everything, I'm going to ask you, what advice would you give to yourself, knowing where you are now in your life, your career, your business, what advice would you give to yourself as a new grad straight out of, where'd you go, Delaware? Uh, Delaware undergrad, Maryland. Maryland grad. So right. where, where, what advice would you give to that? Fresh face PT. I, I think trust your trust your gut is is, is the one thing. R really trust yourself. Trust what you truly feel. Um, I would say be coachable. Mm. Be be a sponge. Not not just a sponge in your clinical and professional career, which I think a lot of us are. But if you want to go into business management of some sort, be a sponge for that. Be open to learning. Um, I, I feel that if I was more open, because I had a little chip on my shoulder and I, I felt because, you know, my dad had a small business growing up and, you know, I'm just Jamie, so I'm good at business. And I, I, I probably did not take 
advantage of some relationships and some learning that I could have when I was younger. And now that I'm older, I look down at those people and I'm like, no, they don't know anything. But I wanted to feel like I know something. But I wasn't open up to learning. I said, be open to learn. Never stop learning is what I would have told myself then. I mean, now I know and you know, it's all about growing and bettering yourself. But do that and trust your gut. I mean, there's things that we all know that aren't right. And when we go against that, it doesn't kind of move high on the happiness scale. I mean, if I had to do it over again, I would have opened my practice sooner, but I listened to people that said, oh, you got to get a well-rounded experience and you got to do this and this and this. But the people that were telling me, none of them were business owners. They were just, you know, mentors of mine, but they weren't mentors in business. So I said, okay, that's what I got to do. And it took me six years to open up my practice. It would have been nice to have it shorter because then I would have made mistakes sooner and then I would have learned what to do instead. Mm-hmm. But I don't regret any of it, but that's what I would tell my younger self. Fabulous advice. And now where can people find you, find more about uh, Practice Freedom You and all that fun stuff? Yeah, so you can go to uh, practicefreedomu.com. Um, if you have any uh, questions or want to reach out to me, you feel free to reach out to me. I'm always happy to hear from you at jamie at jamieschreier.com. Um, and uh, yeah, those, those are the couple of places you can go and you can learn more about what we're doing. And, um, and we have lots of free stuff as well, which is always fun. Awesome. Well, everybody loves free stuff. So that's great. And thank you so much, Jamie, for coming on. And hopefully people are have a better idea on how to maybe get themselves set on the right track for 2019. And again, everything that we talked about, the resources, Jamie mentioned the books, uh, links to his website will be at the show notes at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. So thanks again to Jamie for coming on and kicking off 2019 with us. So thank you again. And everyone else, thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. So a huge thanks to Jamie for a great discussion. And of course, thanks to our sponsor, NetHealth. So if you're interested in a free opportunity to check in with the latest thoughts of other rehab leaders, they've got a great one for you. It's a new online rehab therapy community designed for the intersection of the clinical and business sides of rehab. It's the Rehab Therapy Operational Best Practices Forum. It's all about habits and initiatives that juice up your attendance, revenue, workflows, documentation, compliance, efficiency, and engagement while allowing your provider teams to keep their eyes on the prize, their patients, and their outcomes. So if you want to jump in, subscribe, and be part of this free, did I mention free community, you can find the Rehab Therapy Operational Best Practices Forum at nethealth.com healthy. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.